Hello, it's been a while. Welcome back to the Deep's new podcast. I've been gone for almost a month. This is episode four, and this is where I'm going to try and start a new series of sorts called Shallow Babbles, where I just talk about shallow things, but I do go deep, but it's more like a catching up episode instead of a topic focused episode i called this episode crash course on romance and catch up uh, crash course on romance does relate to the k-drama that i just finished and catch up is the another word for me to say catch up because you know we're catching up since i've been gone for a month so i'll start with how, what how i've been doing uh, and why I've been gone for so long. So after the last episode, I unexpectedly played a lot of volleyball and that takes up most of my week. So I like to do productive things on the weekday, but because volleyball comp games are on the week weekdays, I couldn't do anything, but it was fun. It was a really good experience. I got some game experience, played a few cool games and yeah. So I only do uh, recording stuff in this room when uh, Decky's away, as you can see. So it's been hard to get the room for myself because he had to stay home for the last month so that he wouldn't catch COVID since he's uh, got his surgery. Yeah, and I don't, I don't yet have a setup for outside of this room just because I have my studio, studio audio interface and my PC all here. Uh, all set up so i'd rather record here so yeah this is a rare opportunity for me to record an episode because Dickie's at the hospital currently uh recovering well so i'll go to see him after i record this episode um besides playing a lot of volleyball i managed to find time to watch 2k dramas so crash course on romance which just completed a few weeks ago and i finished season two of the glory that just released last week so uh crash course on romance oh by the way i'll try to be spoiler free so if you do want to watch the drama k drama maybe you don't listen for the next few minutes i'm not sure how long i'll talk about it for but uh so i i actually haven't finished alchemy of souls season two yet i think because season one was so hype and then when i started season two it was kind of slow and less hype and i feel like it's just yeah it's slow nothing's happening there's not much action so i haven't been able to finish it i think i'm still on episode six of season two so uh, when Mustard recommended Crash Course, oh, she didn't really recommend Crash Course on Romance. So she just mentioned it. I felt like giving it a try because I think I was ready for a slice of life kind of K-drama. I don't know if anyone else has phases where they feel like watching um, a thriller, a horror, a slice of life or something really action-y, but I was going through my slice of life phase. So yeah, the first half of Crash Course on Romance was really, really fun to watch and really, really like slice of life-y. You know, I think the appeal of sides of life k-dramas is that it's it's comfortable it's homey and it makes you feel good um and it make it uh and i felt like it, i use it to live vicariously through them just like living a regular slash day-to-day lifestyle uh yeah it was really good uh there wasn't much romance which i didn't mind but there was like a little bit of thriller and I didn't know whether we're going to take the plot, but yeah, I enjoyed the uh, comedy and slice of life aspect of the first half. And then in the second half, when they tried to wrap up everything, um, I feel like it kind of fell flat. And I think this is a, an issue with a lot of medias, not just K-dramas, is that I, th I feel like the writers try to put too much in the first half and then they're like oh shit there's only five episodes left i have to i have to write an ending i have to wrap everything up and then that ends up having a lot of plot holes and it, it makes the drama just not end properly like i don't know why they brought in that uh that killer character only to only to not mention him towards the last few episodes and it created conflict for like no reason so there's a lot of plots that were made 
and ended for no reason like it had no effect on the main character's development so i think i I felt like it was a disappointing ending but i've been disappointed a lot so i'm quite used to it and i feel like it's very hard to find a piece of drama or tv show that actually is cohesive in its full uh full length and actually and i've never i don't think i've watched many things and been like wow that was a really good experience i felt like that ended really well so i really hope that one piece ends well because although there might be some plot holes but oda i feel like is a very good writer so i think he'll be able to answer most questions and wrap things up and make me feel satisfied and sad rather than disappointed hope so hope so so yeah highly recommend crash course of romance if you want something slice of life you to watch maybe ignore the weird plot lines that they introduced but i think it was a good watch nonetheless and the other k-drama that i watched was the glory which is the revenge drama so that one must have recommended as as well oh this yeah she actually recommended the glory uh it was released back at the start of the year and it was split into two parts like most netflix shows are so it's about bullying and how the victim grew up and then planned an, a revenge for like 18 years or so uh, and it's about her revenge so the first half I, th- I thought it was really good the bullying scenes were hard to watch so if you can't watch bullying scenes uh do be careful i got Doki to watch it and for some reason every episode he was like what is happening i don't get it this is so boring <laughs> so i don't know if we perceive uh the k-dramas differently but I don't know, I never felt like it was, I was always gripped, but he was never gripped. He was just like, I think he wanted something to happen faster, whereas I like storyboarding. So so that was interesting to hear his opinion of it. So yeah, we started watching episode two together, but because he had to play MapleStory, I finished the rest of season two by myself. Uh, bad luck, Ducky. But yeah, season two came out last week, and I think overall it was really good, but there were, I think I wanted like a bam. Yeah, she got her, her bully is now suffering so much and i wanted that kind of moment but it wasn't it was more like this thing happened that happened this happened and then that happened and then everything got resolved really quickly actually everything got resolved all of her bullies suffered and then it started going on to like a new storyline i think in the hopes that maybe they'll make a season two so it was like it was kind of weird but it was still a good watch because i think i felt satisfied with how the revenge played out and i feel like her bully really suffered at the end of it um and those couple of scenes that made me really like whoa i actually kind of feel sad for her and so i guess really good acting uh really good storytelling in a way but again everything just wrapped up too fast i feel like i, I think i wanted something more like um or something to show that like her bully really is suffering and our main character really did win but there was there wasn't really any of that honestly like if a, another season came out i wouldn't be mad because i wouldn't mind watching the season the next the a storyline with um the main character and like the male lead oh i i always read the reddit threads after each episode and a lot of people said that the main character had no chemistry with the male lead which i agree i feel like they just stare at each other and you don't feel much chemistry but like the main character main female lead has more chemistry with like the second male lead and i also agree so yeah but i mean i don't think romance was meant to be a big part of the glory so i'm not too mad that the main leads had no chemistry and i feel like it's really hard to watch a k-drama where the leads actually have chemistry yeah if you guys if like if anyone has any recommendations for a k-drama or any drama that actually has chemistry between the two male and female leads let me know yeah i don't know what i'm gonna watch next maybe i should finish alchemy of souls i still haven't finished attorney Wu. yeah i i I leave things unfinished a lot 
but I'll probably get back to Alchemy of Souls, hopefully, maybe. But I'm not, I don't think I'm in my K-Jama phase. I think I got my K-Jama phase out, so um, I'm not sure what my next phase will be. <laughs> mm. And speaking of phases, I also have gaming phases where I game for a, a bit of time and then I stop gaming. Uh, and this relates to what Sam called me the other day on stream. He called me a fake gamer, which honestly, it's true. So my gaming history... Uh, I probably said it somewhere, but I, in my opinion, I think gaming is the best form of media for kids growing up as a way to teach kids about things that you might not learn in real life and to teach mechanical skills and other like hand-eye coordination skills that you probably wouldn't get if you don't do sports in real life. So yeah, I, I feel like games are a good way, a good medium to teach something so like like a moral dilemma or something like that uh, besides books books are really good too but i feel like people these days don't read or like i don't know a lot of people i know don't know how to read or can't read so at least games it's easier for games to grab your focus because there's like additive elements to the games and it's i guess it's easier to interact with something than to sit still and read words on a page but yeah yeah i i really think games are cool that's also probably why i did game design i think my first experience of playing a game is probably in primary school so we had max in our primary school like the really old max back then and i think because i was a naturally curious kid i went on the computer and then somehow i found this game i've been trying to find this game i've been trying to search all of the internet for this game it's like on the mac there was this game where you had to you had a ball and then i think it was really colorful and the ball had to go into a hole but it was like really interesting i felt like it was really puzzly i i, I hope I wish I could find the game again. And the thing is, when I found this game, all of the kids were like, oh, oh my God, what's this? And then I got all these kids addicted to that Mac game. And I think the teacher told me off or the teacher banned us using the Mac uh, during uh, recess and stuff like that. Because, yeah. But yeah, I felt pretty cool because I discovered uh, a game on the Mac. So yeah, that's my first experience. Um, I wasn't actually a console kid growing up because I think consoles were more expensive than computers back then. Or maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure what was more expensive, but yeah, my our dad uh, got us laptops, so I was that's why I've um, that's why I've grown to be a PC gamer more than a console gamer. And he bought us. I don't know how my dad knew how to buy all these games because like he can't speak English, right? So maybe he just went to the shelf and got like top sellers. But I played games like Monkey Island, um, good game. I still have like vivid memories of some puzzles that I got stuck at on Monkey Island. I played Rayman, uh, like well, a bunch of a bunch of different Rayman games and I, I also have a lot of memories of Rayman and like his ears flying helicopter through the jungle uh, that was a really good game uh, and then after like after those phases of playing the single player games when I discovered MMOs I played pretty much every MMO in existence and MMO refers to massive multiplayer online like World of Warcraft and World of Warcraft was the only game that I actually didn't play uh, which is funny because all of the MMOs uh, made after world of warcraft so i played all of the korean chinese japanese knockoffs of world of warcrafts because i'm more attracted to like i guess like asiany things <laughs> so that's where i i guess i don't wouldn't say i learned how to socialize but i learned how to um, what skills that i get from playing mmos nothing much maybe besides talking to multiple people uh starting my own guild managing guild events uh and just in general having fun and having making online friends us uh, this was during high school by the way during high school i wasn't a very social kid i would just go home and play games and then i guess having online games 
helps you with the social aspect of life so i feel like that's what mmos taught me yeah and then year 11 i quit um my guild and that mmo which was dragon nest to study year 12 because i wanted to make my mom proud um and then after year 12 i went to uni which and then that's where i did game design and when i did game design during that those that three-year course i don't think i really played any games besides like when we studied indie games that were really cool we sort of played it a little bit but i don't think we really played any games oh no actually we did i remember we started playing vindictus in uni yeah which is another mmo which is like one of my favorite mmos just because the action combat in vindictus is really good i feel like it's probably like the most well-made mmo ever but nexon killed it yeah that was that was a good time and then after uni still don't think i played many games yeah i can't remember any games i played during my adulthood until like valorant but valorant was like a two three year ago thing and i was interested in playing valorant because the graphics looked really cool and i never played fps's oh yeah and like the games that i'm talking about that give that teaches kids hand-eye coordination i feel like that's stuff like cs uh, counter-strike shooting games but uh i actually never played any shooting games because i get motion sickness so i can't play any first person shooters or first person games uh like at all actually i feel like i could play fps's back when i was a kid but as i got older my motion sickness got worse so kind of sad but yeah i saw valorant and this was during covid and i was like oh i really want to play this it looks so cool and i think i wanted to challenge myself with a shooting game i wanted to see how good i could be because i noticed that like the the, the people who played counter-strike and shooting games when they were younger they're better at shooting games in their adulthood whereas like if you never play shooting games when you're younger um like me you'd be pretty shit at shooting games when you work grow older because you don't have that hand-eye coordination so yeah and then of course valorant is first person so i actually uh mentally prepared myself and tried really hard to get over my motion sickness just so i could play valorant so i chugged ginger tea um i had motion sickness pills on on hand and i like didn't play in a dark room and i played valorant and then i did get motion sickness for the first few games i played but then i think because i i persevered and my mental was strong i got over the motion sickness and then now i can play valorant so yeah valorant i played valorant as a main game for like maybe almost two years because i was uh, the, the bulk of covid to the point where because we worked from home during covid right every lunch break when the game just came out every lunch break we, we would just hop on and we're like hey quick game like not even me everyone else not just me everyone else during the lunch break would hop on and play valorant so yeah that was, that was a good time and then after valorant i played uh, after valorant was when i started streaming and then i guess that's when i started playing games again and it was mostly indie games uh it takes two with kung bean and a bunch of other indie games and yeah and that takes me to now where i don't think i'm playing any games right now every now and then i play valorant um yeah i'm in my no gaming phase i think it's very so that's why i think it's very hard for me to start and finish like a single player game just because i grew up playing multiplayer games and there aren't really any fun multiplayer games these days and maybe because we're old now we don't stick with a multiplayer game for a long time oh i played lost luck for a bit but then i i guess i burnt out and and like Derek got banned and all my friends stopped playing so i just stopped playing that as well but that last luck was a good game as well so yeah what was my point of telling you guys that i played a lot of games my point is i go through phases of doing things and i'm wondering if anyone else does too oh and also my point is i am a fake gamer but i actually think games i really think games as a medium to teach people something uh is really effective so for example it takes two wow i felt that's one of the best games i've ever played and 
I think the motive really came across with the game design and gameplay. So It Takes Two is basically about a couple who has a child and they're going through relationship issues and then they're about to split, but then uh, something happens with the child and then that create and then they become toys in this magical world and each boss mechanic, each mechanic of the level requires them to work together to defeat the boss. And you know, that's uh to make the player understand that it takes two to make things work. So the the husband and wife realized, yeah, a relationship is a two-way thing. We should fix our issues so that our child can be happy. Yeah, I I, I really I really like that game. Yeah, and that's why like after I finished uh uni, I went around telling people I'm gonna make a game that'll save the world, which I still want to do, but you know, they'll come maybe later before I die, hopefully. Yeah, so I feel like if people play the right games. I feel like it will help a lot with personal development. I guess because like everything, like social skills and personal development, you can only happen if you go out and expose yourself to different environments and different people. But if you're just an introvert like me and you sit at home, games is you can find that different environment you could find people online in the forms of various different games you can games can just give you a world to escape to and they can teach you a lot yeah and i was talking to my co-worker about you know how to raise children and whether games are good or bad but and i told him games are actually good if you play the right games they can teach you a lot of skills and then he was like ah so this is the product of that isn't it <laughs> i think an important life skill that games can teach is problem solving uh resource management like all of these things that you don't really learn in real life until it happens to you so yeah by resource management i mean like you know you go on the if you play an mmo you're you go on the marketplace you buy low you sell high and problem solving if you play a puzzle game you realize how to like solve puzzles and if you play a multiplayer game you realize that it takes teamwork to defeat this dragon yeah stuff like, stuff like that that you wouldn't i feel like you wouldn't really encounter in real life if you didn't have like a, a flourishing social life for example and also like being online in general and playing games can help you make friends because you're exposed to a wider a wider pool of people whereas like if you just in real life if you don't go outside you can't really make friends but you know on the online on the computer you could just go anywhere and make friends omegle start up a game just say hi um and the quality of people you you meet will like not that they'll be lower but it'll be harder to meet quality people but at least you're meeting people whereas in real life yeah you can't meet people unless you go out and do things. So many benefits from playing games. Oh yeah, and uh, I remember, okay, so I have, there's this phrase that I think really irks me. It's when people say, there's more to life than games. But I feel like the people that say that just think about the stereotypical gamer and what they look like. And they haven't actually thought that deeply about what, how, games can benefit a person so yeah i that's a this is a different topic and i'm going on a tangent again but when people just follow stereotypes and say stuff like this uh, it makes me sad i hope you find it in you to play a game and realize that uh games aren't actually all that bad and maybe i sh maybe i should have research papers to back this up but i don't so maybe i'll do some research after this podcast but uh i'm sure there's research backing this up that games are beneficial to developing children i'm sure <laughs> Um, something that I've also done this past month is I went to Chadston, which is like, I think the fashion capital of Australia or maybe Victoria. It's a, one of the bigger shopping centers in Victoria and they have this new social quarter. And when I went there, 
wow i was mind blown it's like a totally different world high ceilings white poles plants everywhere that my mum would love um hanging fake fake hanging plants but they were like fake um and there was like piccolina in the middle and then there's just like it's so the social quarter i think it's like a, a place where you can hang out and have fun there was just a lot of people sitting down and chatting and there's like an arcade i think the cinema is close by um ice cream seeds plants flowers well it was a really magical world so if you live in victoria and you haven't been to the chatty uh social quarter i highly recommend and it for anyone who wants to visit melbourne um i normally don't like chadston as a shopping center just because parking is really shit but i think they're fixing that yeah parking is really bad the food there is good but it's mostly i think people go there well people who live in eastside go there but also uh probably just shop luxury goods because that's where all the bougie brands are like tiffany and co and stuff but yeah the social quarter i feel like i wish i lived closer to the chats to chadston and I, I would go there more often just to hang out at the social quarter it's, it's really cool but yeah, I, went, oh, but why did I, I mentioned that because I went to Hijinks Hotel, which is a, which is like a new arcade type game thing. So basically there are these rooms and each room you get four minutes to uh, solve a puzzle or like play a game to get the most points. Um, and that was a really fun experience. And actually, I feel like it's really cheap for what you get. You basically get split up into max groups of six. Um, and then there are, we played five games and it's only $25 and each game makes you kind of sweat. So I, that, that was really fun. I think I would go back to try the other rooms. The organization of like moving people in between rooms is kind of bad. I feel like there are better ways to have people rotate. Cause um, if so, imagine like there's five rooms and then there's five groups, you can just make them rotate clockwise or anti-clockwise, but instead it's like, when someone finishes they go to like a random room across the hall and then that that ends up with a group teams doubling up so some people have to wait outside for another four minutes to wait till they're finished so yeah i don't yeah i think that organization needs a little bit of work but really cool concept oh and yeah hijinx hotel is part of the fun lab family and they did stuff like strike holy molly archie brothers uh be lucky and sons wow i just Wow, I didn't realize they did that as well. Ladi Darts, Dukes, and Red Herring, which I've never heard of. So pretty cool company, you know? They have a lot of fun things to do with, with friends. Highly recommend. And yeah, if you do go, I do recommend active wear, but you don't really need to wear active wear. I think a lot of people go without wearing active wear, but just know that you'll sweat. Uh, something else that happened that was like shocking and put my mood down, even though it shouldn't have really put my mood down because it doesn't relate to me, is like a lot of people around me broke up and it made me really sad because it was a lot of long-term couples yeah February I don't know why like so many breakups just happened and it wasn't just me I was talking to Max and like Max had a lot of friends that broke up as well and all I can think of is like Valentine's Day is in February so maybe maybe they just when they were faced with a situation where they had to think about their relationship and if their relationship mattered to them or not maybe maybe that's when you know built up years of frustration kind of like blew up and then they were like okay yeah i actually can't do this anymore let's just break up and i was talking to my friends about it and uh what her opinion is that maybe they don't want to break up they'll be wanting to break up for a while but they don't want to do it during christmas so you wait and you wait and then it just happens to be february yeah and it got me thinking like because i did hear a lot of uh, i did hear a lot of different reasons for why the couples broke up but something common that i've been hearing uh for the last few years not just this month is that one person doesn't do anything so for example like they don't have any hobbies whereas the other person has a lot of hobbies and then i guess at the start this doesn't really matter but once you solidify your relationship and once you know each other i guess it's kind of hard 
to be maybe stimulated by a person that doesn't really have much hobby. But I think, I feel like for me, I don't think it matters if my significant other has a hobby or not. I think what matters to me the most is if that person is into self-development. I think as long as you are willing to grow as a person, those things can come, whether that be hobbies, whether that be just thinking about yourself more. And um, and I remember a friend that I had a while ago, a lot of his ex-partners, they didn't really do anything. But I tried to explain to him that, you know, it's okay if they don't do much, just uh, communicate what you want from a person, whether that be, you know, communication, you want them to have opinions, you know, communicate that so that they're, they're more prompted to think about life and what they're doing with their life. Yeah, and maybe think like, how long do you stay with someone even though they don't satisfy you like that? I feel like a lot of couples I've known, they stay together for a long time even though they're not satisfied in their relationship, whether that be they don't feel loved or they don't feel emotional an emotional connection to them or yeah, they don't have any hobbies. Like why do you stay with them for so long but you don't tell them, you don't communicate that to your partner so that you can work and grow together because all relationships require effective communication so that you guys can realize what's if there's anything wrong with you how to fix it and to work on it together and it just maybe sad because like love is already so hard to find and i feel like when you find someone you should try your best to make it work i know like some people ah oh, i think i think i just really i just really I, just, I think love can save the world and i feel like there's a there was there's been a lot of lost opportunities if you get an opportunity to create love maintain and enjoy the love love with another person i feel like you should put a lot more effort into it so that you can benefit from it and you can understand what it means to be in a very loving and fulfilling relationship so yeah i really like love and i really preach love and just makes me sad when love around me doesn't really work out and i know that there's a lot of lot of other reasons that people break up but i hope that one day they find a love that's fulfilling So yeah, that was my month. A lot of volleyball, uh, a lot of thinking about people as I always do, a lot of social activities and trying to find time to work on this <laughs> and my other side hobbies. And I think to end this episode, I want to answer some questions that Yubi uh, in my Discord community asked. Well, they didn't really ask these questions. It was more like suggestions for topics, but I felt like it was a good opportunity to talk about those topics. So one thing that they wanted to know more about is uh, media industry, like K-drama, K-pop, K-entertainment, the media industry, what I watched and listened to growing up. So yeah, what I listened to growing up was pretty much K-pop, but what I watched or read was mostly uh, shonen Japanese manga. So One Piece, Naruto, Bleach, like every single shonen, I probably read it and every year when a new one comes out I read it as well. In terms of anime I didn't actually really watch that much anime. Maybe I watched like Anahana uh, which made me cry every episode but yeah I think I prefer to read more than watch. So yeah but those, those are my influences you know like the power of friendship is strong and with the power of friendship you can do anything like that sort of stuff is what I, I grew up with. Um, and in terms of K-pop I think that influenced me maybe with fashion, exposing me to like a different style of fashion and to just how bright and colorful things can be and also to dance as well. And also like music because K-pop has a lot of different genres of music mashed together. So, and I still do listen to K-pop. I do like to listen to the English music that I listen to is mostly, I feel like 
uh, like a mix of mainstream, electronic. I used to really like Future Bass, uh, which is a genre that I really like, sort of like Porter Robinson. So yeah, those were my media influences growing up. And Yubi said that they personally like hearing about the education systems because they're all different across all countries. So I'm in Australia, uh, Victoria. So I, so our system is you, uh, you're born, you go to kindergarten, which is, kid. I think kindergarten or preschool is the same thing. I'm not sure. But kindergarten is like pre, pre little people school. And then you go to pre, oh no, kindergarten and then preschool or preschool and then kindergarten. So yeah, it's little people school and then you start prep, which is primary school. So we have primary school, high school, and then uh, university, which is college. So primary school is from zero to six. So prep one grade one, two, three, four, five, six. And that's, so grade six is usually around age 12, depending on when you're born. And then high school is years seven to 12 um, and seven being like around 13, year seven being around 13 and then year 12, uh, you'll be 18. And then high school, so years 11 and 12 in high school is when your scores matter to go to university. And then university starts from 18 if you choose to go to university. And we have stuff like TAFE as well, which is, um, what is TAFE? How do I describe TAFE? I don't know if the education has system has um, changed recently, but if if you didn't want to do university, you could do something like TAFE. Ah, so uh, if you don't want to go to uni or you don't want to finish year eleven and twelve because that's like I guess that's more academic focused, you could do something called TAFE, which stands for Technical and Further Education, and I think it's stuff that requires more hands-on learning so for example if you want to be a chef patisserie electrician like stuff like that and that can start from year 10 i'm pretty sure you can like drop out of 11 and 12 and just like start tafe and then start being in the workforce uh, by by 18 but i don't know if the education system has changed for us nowadays but that's the general path yeah and then university you know you choose whatever you want to study the length of your university education depends on your course my course was three years but the stuff that uh, are four years because it's one year's internship yeah uh, i went to an all-girls school during my high school high school years and the reason for that is in i don't know if this i think this is global but i feel like asian mom wanted you know wanted their kids to focus on studies and not uh, cohabiting with their uh, fellow opposite genders but putting me into a year uh, putting me into an all-girls school just made me realize that girls are kind of hot so I don't know if mum achieved her goal but you know I gave her a good score at the end of my high school career so I feel like it's fine funnily enough my school high school actually turned into a co-ed school because I think they needed money and maybe the desires of mums these days are different and they don't feel like putting their kids in and or gendered school actually benefits them, uh, which I think is true. I think your so I think a kid's education is dependent on themselves, how much I want to learn, and the teachers actually. Well, the people that you hang out with do influence how you see things, but you can find that at all girls schools, all boys schools, or uh, co-ed schools. So, so that was my experience with the education system here. And in terms, yeah, and but in terms of like, I don't know. I think maybe you be wanted to hear about this more, but in terms of like stress and like mental energy for school here i feel like it's not that serious or I, maybe it depends on the pressures from your family and it depends on a lot of other things but we don't go too hard on school so when we go to school it's like nine to three and then we just finish school we don't go to cram school we don't go to like after hours education unless after hours classes unless you know you choose to do those extracurricular activities or your parents put you into tutoring but 
like I've heard that you know in Asia, Japan, and Korea, after school they spend like another six hours at cram school, which I don't think we have something like that unless the parent you know puts them specifically into tutoring lessons all throughout the night. So it's more chill here. So that's yeah, primary school is chill, high school is chill, depending on how you want to develop education and your how your family wants you to learn. And then university, I feel like university is the most chill for us because you pick your classes. And you only have less than 20 hours of contact, required contact hours per week. So the rest of it, you're just like doing nothing. I mean, you're meant to be doing work. But for me, university was a time where I just made friends and I socialized and I lived that uni life. But like where you have to develop time management skills by yourself since nothing's really structured. Uh, so you structure it yourself. So that's uni for us. I'm sure like if you did med, it would be more serious than this. But I did game design, so it was like more chill. Yeah, I'm like I think med is still... A pretty intense university course because uh yeah it's smart people things but yeah that was my experience with the school system uh please ask me like specific questions if you want to know specific answers um yeah i think that's all for the catch-up today i hope that everyone had a good month of february and are taking care of themselves i'm gonna try and get back to a weekly schedule next episode there'll be a special guest as well so look forward to that and i'll see you guys in the next one don't forget that all my socials are in the show notes below and please feel free to ask me any questions and I'll probably talk about it on my next Shallow Babbles series. Thank you for listening and I hope you have a good one. Aggressive wavy. Bye.